Yo, today's QOD is, if you open your mouth, you're not learning. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Celeste Headley on the show today. She's going to share her 10 best tips for having, these are three very profound things, by the way, for having more authentic conversations, for becoming a better listener and learning from each other. And they're profound, in my opinion, Because generally speaking, this is just my personal experience, people aren't really interested in having conversations. We're not interested in learning from each other. We're generally interested in living in echo chambers where everybody thinks and believes the same thing. We are interested in having our beliefs and our opinions constantly confirmed by others. You know, a a couple very impressionable things happened to me when I was a kid. Number one, I stumbled upon, I don't know how this happened. I stumbled upon, this like fifth grade, Timothy Leary's quote, think for yourself and question authority. And I read 1984 by George Orwell. And I was fascinated by this thing called groupthink. I was like, wow, groupthink, that's, that's interesting. And I've always been the type of individual who prides himself on thinking for myself. Just because somebody else believes something doesn't mean that I have to believe it. I'm going to research it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to look at it as many sides as I can possibly look at. And then I'm going to decide what I think, what I believe about it. And If you were to ask me, you know, let me back up a little bit. (laughs) It's funny I'm going to say this, but I've kind of given up on dating. I I haven't given up on love and, you know, marriage and kids at 44 years old. The universe will kind of figure that whole thing out for me when it's ready to figure it out. But like dating is torture. You have no idea. Because like, if somebody asks me what I think about something, because that's what you do when you're on a date, you ask what you think about things and get to know each other. If you ask me what I think about something, I'm not going to filter it just so I can continue like fitting in with you. I'm not going to filter it just so I can make sure that you like me. I'm just going to tell you what I think, right? Based on what I've experienced and based on what I've read and studied, right? And research. <laughs> Most people can't handle that. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've driven home from a date and felt completely shamed and not listened to and completely invalidated in a way because people, generally speaking, are not interested in real conversations. We're not interested in learning from each other. If we're not just repeating the same things back to each other, it's like, nah. You can't, you can't hang with me. That needs to stop. 
know, on Instagram, a few months ago, there was something going on and I posted something on my Instagram account. You know me on Instagram. I, I don't mess around. And um, in my stories, I really don't post in my feed very much, but in my stories, like I can, I can talk some stuff, right? And, um, you know, somebody reached out to me. She was pretty like pissed off about it. And we went back and forth in the DMs. And at some point I was like, like we were going back and forth in the DMs for a couple hours, I want to say it was. And I was like, why don't we just video chat? And so we video chatted. And by the end of that conversation, like we were good. She learned from me. I learned from her. And like, we're friends. Like we're friends. We check in on each other. She sent me some records. I got a record player. She sent me some records. And that is so cool. Like we can disagree and we can disagree respectfully. And we can learn stuff. Like she'll say to me, like, you make me look at things in a different way that I wouldn't have looked at them. And likewise, like that's what it's about. Like that's, that's, that's learning, right? That's just being a human, in my opinion, is just being open to other ways of thinking about things, not shutting somebody down because they think something differently than you think. And what blows my mind is a very simple question that I ask people. I ask them, why do you think that? It is incredible how they can have a completely blank stare on their face when you just simply ask them, why do you think that? They don't know. They just know that other people think that, so they think that too, because that's safe. They can still feel connected. They can still belong. Because let me tell you, when you think for yourself, it can be a little bit lonely. It can sting a little bit when you think for yourself because you, you, people don't have, generally speaking, an interest in understanding you. So you go through life feeling misunderstood just because you took the time to think for yourself. And maybe that's the reason why not a lot of people think for themselves. Maybe that's one of the reasons why people don't want to be in real conversations. It's frustrating. It's silly. It needs to stop. Like we're way better than this. There is no reason why our society and our culture has to be in this spot where people on Twitter are mad because the other side of the conversation is going to be on Twitter now. I'm not talking about the extreme side of the conversation. I'm talking about the reasonable, rational other side of the conversation. And that's okay. I just, I, I don't get it. And it just needs to stop. And we all need to become better listeners. We all need to become more open to listening to each other. And we all need to become more open to learning from each other by having real, authentic conversations and respectfully disagreeing. Celeste Headley, she's coming up. All right, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you have ever unfriended someone on Facebook because they said something offensive about politics or religion, childcare, food? <laughs> and how many of you know at least one person that you avoid because you just don't want to talk to them? You know, it used to be that in order to have a polite conversation, we just had to follow the advice of Henry Higgins and My Fair Lady, stick to the weather and your health. But these days, with climate change and anti-vaxxing, those subjects <laughs> are not safe either. So this world that we live in, this world in which 
every conversation has the potential to devolve into an argument where our politicians can't speak to one another and where even the most trivial of issues have someone fighting both passionately for it and against it, it's not normal. Pew Research did a study of 10,000 American adults, and they found that at this moment, we are more polarized, we are more divided than we ever have been in history. We're less likely to compromise, which means we're not listening to each other, and we make decisions about where to live, who to marry, and even who our friends are going to be based on what we already believe. Again, that means we're not listening to each other. A conversation requires a balance between talking and listening, and somewhere along the way, we lost that balance. Now, part of that is due to technology, these smartphones that you all either have in your hands or close enough that you could grab them really quickly. Uh, according to Pew Research, about a third of American teenagers send more than 100 texts a day, and many of them, almost most of them, are more likely to text their friends than they are to talk to them face to face. There's this great piece in The Atlantic, it was written by a high school teacher named Paul Barnwell, and he gave his kids a communication project. He wanted to teach them how to speak on a specific subject without using notes, and he said this, I came to realize... <laughs> I came to realize that conversational competence might be the single most overlooked skill we fail to teach. Kids spend hours each day engaging with ideas and each other through screens, but rarely do they have an opportunity to hone their interpersonal communication skills. It might sound like a funny question, but we have to ask ourselves, is there any 21st century skill more important than being able to sustain, sustain coherent, confident conversation? Now, I make my living talking to people. Nobel Prize winners, truck drivers, billionaires, kindergarten teachers, heads of state, plumbers. I talk to people that I like. I talk to people that I don't like. I talk to some people that I disagree with deeply on a personal level, but I still have a great conversation with them. So I'd like to spend the next 10 minutes or so teaching you how to talk and how to listen. Many of you have already heard a lot of advice on this, things like look the person in the eye, think of interesting things, topics to discuss in advance, look, uh, nod and smile to show that you're paying attention, uh, repeat back what you just heard or summarize it. So I want you to forget all of that. It is crap. <laughs> there is no reason to learn how to show you're paying attention if you are, in fact, paying attention. <laughs> Now, I, I actually use the exact same skills as a professional interviewer that I do in regular life. Um, so I'm going to teach you how to interview people, and that's actually going to help you learn how to be better conversationalists. Learn to have a conversation without wasting your time, without getting bored, and please, God, without offending anybody. We've all had really great conversations. We've had them before. We know what it's like. The kind of conversation where you walk away feeling engaged and inspired, or where you feel like you've made a real connection, or you've been perfectly understood. There is no reason why most of your interactions can't be like that. So I have 10 basic rules. I'm going to walk you through all of them. But honestly, if you just choose one of them and master it, you're already going to enjoy better conversations. Number one, don't multitask. And I don't mean just set down your cell phone or your tablet or your car keys or whatever's in your hand. I mean, be present. Be in that moment. Don't be thinking about your 
argument you had with your boss, don't be thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. If you want to get out of the conversation, get out of the conversation, but don't be half in it and half out of it. Number two, don't pontificate. If you wanted to state your opinion without any opportunity for response or argument or pushback or growth, write a blog. <laughs> now, there's a really good reason why I don't allow pundits on my show, because they're really boring. If they're a conservative, they're going to hate Obama and food stamps and abortion. If they're a liberal, they're going to hate big banks and oil corporations and Dick Cheney. <laughs> totally predictable. And you don't want to be like that. You need to enter every conversation assuming that you have something to learn. The famed therapist Eb Scott Peck said that true listening requires a setting aside of oneself. And sometimes that means setting aside your personal opinion. He said that sensing this acceptance, the speaker will become less and less vulnerable and more and more likely to open up the inner recesses of his or her mind to the listener. Again, assume that you have something to learn. Bill Nye, everyone you will ever meet knows something that you don't. I put it this way, everybody is an expert in something. Number three, use open-ended questions. In this case, take, take a cue from journalists. Start your questions with who, what, where, when, why, or how. If you put in a complicated question, you're gonna get a simple answer out. If I ask you, were you terrified? You're gonna to respond to the most powerful word in that sentence, which is terrified, and the answer is, yes, I was, or no, I wasn't. Were you angry? Yes, I was very angry. Let them describe it. They're the ones that know. Try asking them things like, what was that like? How did that feel? Because then they might have to stop for a moment and think about it, and you're gonna get a much more interesting response. Number four, go with the flow. That means thoughts will come into your mind and you need to let them go out of your mind. We've heard interviews often in which a guest is talking for several minutes and then the host comes back in and asks a question which seems like it comes out of nowhere or it's already been answered. That means the host probably stopped listening two minutes ago because he thought of this really clever question and he was just bound and determined to say that. And we do the exact same thing. We're sitting there having a conversation with something, someone, and then we remember that time that we met Hugh Jackman in a coffee shop. <laughs> and we stop listening. We're just waiting for a moment to interject our story about Hugh Jackman and coffee. Stories and ideas are gonna come to you. You need to let them come and let them go. Number five, if you don't know, say that you don't know. Now, people on the radio, especially on NPR, are much more aware that they're going on the record. And so they're more careful about what they claim to be an expert in and what they claim to know for sure. Do that. Err on the side of caution. Talk should not be cheap. Number six, don't equate your experience with theirs. If they're talking about having lost a family member, don't start talking about the time that you lost a family member. If they're talking about the trouble that they're having at work, don't tell them about how much you hate your job. It's not the same. It is never the same. All experiences are individual. And more importantly, it is not about you. You don't need to take that moment to prove how amazing you are or how much you've suffered. Somebody asked Stephen Hawking once what his IQ was, and he says, I have no idea. People who brag about their IQs are losers. <laughs> Conversations are not a promotional opportunity. <laughs> Number seven, 
Number seven, try not to repeat yourself. It's condescending and it's really boring. And we tend to do it a lot, especially in work conversations or in conversations with our kids. We have a point to make, so we just keep rephrasing it over and over. Don't do that. Number eight, stay out of the weeds. Frankly, people don't care about the years, the names, the dates, all those details that you're struggling to come up with in your mind, they don't care. What they care about is you. They care about what you're like, what you have in common. So forget the details, leave them out. Number nine, this is not the last one, but it is the most important one. Listen. I cannot tell you how many really important people have said that listening is perhaps the most, the number one most important skill that you could develop. Buddha said, and I'm paraphrasing, if your mouth is open, you're not learning. And Calvin Coolidge said, no man ever listened his way out of a job. (laughs) Why do we not listen to each other? Number one, we'd rather talk. When I'm talking, I'm in control. I don't have to hear anything I'm not interested in. I'm the center of attention. I can bolster my own identity. But there's another reason. We get distracted. The average person talks at about 225 words per minute, but we can listen at up to 500 words per minute. So our minds are filling in those other 275 words. And look, I know it takes effort and energy to actually pay attention to someone. But if you can't do that, you're not in a conversation. You're just two people shouting out barely related sentences in the same place. (laughs) You have to to listen to one another. Stephen Covey said it very beautifully. He said, most of us don't listen with the intent to understand. We listen with the intent to reply. One more rule, and number 10, and it's this one. Be brief. boils down to the same basic concept, and it is this one. Be interested in other people. You know, I grew up with a very famous grandfather, and there was kind of a ritual in my home. People would come over to talk to my grandparents, and after they would leave, my mother would come over to us and say, she'd say, do you know who that was? She was the runner-up to Miss America. He was the mayor of Sacramento. She won a Pulitzer Prize. He's a Russian ballet dancer. And I started, I kind of grew up assuming Everyone has some hidden amazing thing about them. And I, honestly, I think it's what makes me a better host. I keep my mouth shut as often as I possibly can. I keep my mind open, and I'm always prepared to be amazed. And I'm never disappointed. You do the same thing. Go out, talk to people, listen to people, and most importantly, be prepared to be amazed. Thanks. That was Celeste Headley. Her website is celesteheadley.com. You can check out today's entire talk on YouTube. It is called How to Have a Good Conversation, Celeste Headley, TEDx Creative Coast. Hey, grab your QOD merch at QODmerch.com. Follow me on the Instagram at Sean Croxton and flip over to today's episode, brand new episode of Mindset Coach on your podcasting platform. Also, if you want ad-free episodes, go to your app store, download the Stitcher app, join Stitcher Premium for only $2.99 a month. You can listen to QOD and Mindset Coach and a bunch of other podcasts completely commercial free. I will see you tomorrow with Mr. Steve Harvey. 
See you then. Peace.